You may be seated this morning. I'm going to start my message today by reading a portion of Psalms. Well, I want to talk about the church. But before the church, when I say church, I mean people who, I'm talking about people, not t- talking about buildings. And uh, the, ch- the real church is the people who have come to know Jesus Christ in their heart. That's what makes up the church. So, but before the church, God, God made the family. He made man and woman, and he created them with the purpose of multiplying so that God would have more people. See, God's hope and interest is this, is that everyone who is created would be in his heaven. God is not willing that any should perish. God loves all peoples everywhere at all times. But the only way we can be made ready is having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But the psalmist says this in Psalm 127, 1 and 2, Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. You ever did something in vain? Maybe you put up something. Maybe you were a kid, you put up a fort and Someone else came along. I remember when I was just a kid on the farm and my brother Omar, who come back from Vietnam service, we had started this little log cabin, my brother next to me in age. We had it up as high as we could get it, like four feet in them days. And it was real nice white oak material, white oak logs. And lo and behold, <coughs> my brother Omar came home, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but He'd said, uh, we need some fence posts. And guess what? Our little log cabin became fence posts for the farm. And he just, okay, well, well, whatever, you know. It was like all in vain. What we had done was all in vain. But I, I say that to make a point. Whenever we do something just to, without the Lord's help, it can kind of fall and make a mess of things. And our problem today is, See, without God in our world, we're making a big mess of things. And so we need God in our, our world. We, got, we need God in families. Families are struggling today without God. Families struggle enough with God. But those who don't have God, I don't know what they do. But the Lord says, the word says, they labor in vain who build up. But unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. So in other words... It's no, it's, my dad would say this word often. He would say, no use. He wasn't a necessarily a negative person, but we got what he was saying. It was no use. It was no work. It wasn't going to work. And so he knew when to back off. But the Lord is saying to us today, I want to be involved in your hearts. I want to be involved in your homes. I want to build your, 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 your family. I want to help you become all that you desire in your heart. I want to help you succeed. I want to help you prosper. I want to bless you with health and strength. I want to be on the center. I want to be in the center of your house. And so many of our problems start are st- have started in the home because of the brokenness and breakdown of family units. We are dealing with a lot of trouble in the land, a lot of trouble that is happening and chaotic stuff that we all 
We don't, we don't like to dwell on it, but we know that it's there. But the Lord is saying to us through his word, I can help you. I can help you. I can help heal. I can help bring uh, relationships together. I can help you forgive one another. I can help you get over things. And so it comes down to this letting God into your heart, letting God into your home. Does anyone have God in your home? Amen. God bless you. I think that's where it starts, and that's where he started with the people all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And from there, look how far we've come. The Lord is not finished with us yet. And so the Lord, he'd come to a point, and he, he knew all this ahead of time, that he was going to have to come to the earth, give his life on the cross. And I think, well, why did you bother, Lord, then, if you knew all this was going to come on? Why, I, I have these questions, but the Lord doesn't answer that question for me. But I have to learn to trust him, because for God so loved the world. He loved us in spite of the troubles. He loved us in spite of the setbacks, in spite of the mistakes that we make. And so he comes to this world as an infant, as you know, we celebrated Christmas. And we, we came... We realize that Jesus came for us the first time, not in a glorious king, but as a humble, born into a stable. And he finds, he grows up, he grows up, and he's aged about the age of 30. He begins to step out into the public ministry. And Jesus has always known who he is and who he, who he was. But yet he sometimes didn't want to let on who he was because he was trying to reach people. And when you get to Matthew 16, or Matthew 16, verses 13, Jesus begins to ask questions to his disciples. By this time, Jesus has, has uh, rallied up some, some characters. You know, these guys were pretty sharp, but not always. They didn't always get it. They had to have it said to them over and over again. How I many you know sometimes we, like, need to say, what did you say? Repeat that again. They don't always get it the first time. God doesn't give up on us if we don't get it the first time, thanks be to Jesus. So... He's asking the questions of verse 13 and 4. Who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And do you know that Jesus is still asking that question to people? Who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. It was a great moment for Peter. For Peter, we understand he's the guy that was willing to step out of the boat. And Jesus asked him, if you, 
come out on, the, you know, Peter asked Jesus, if you, if you command me to come out on the water, then I'll know that it's you. Remember that story? What happened to Peter? He began to sink, sink because he started to look at the natural things. And right now, we're going to sink if we just look at the natural things. If we only see the things in the eyes of the natural, we're going to sink. We're not going to have the strength to walk on the water. When, Je when Peter was walking on the water, his eyes were on Jesus. And so I think that story is for us today that, you know, we are walking through this life. We're seeing things that we've never seen before. We're hearing things. We're, we're going through things that we've never gone before. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus because he knows where we need to be and where we need to go. He knows the path that leads to heaven. He knows the places that we, he has for us. You see, Peter had a moment where Jesus says to, the, says to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. He said, My Father, but my Father who is in heaven. The Father in heaven knows the end. The Father in heaven knows best. The Father in heaven knows how to speak to us. The Father, through the help of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus said would come after he left the earth, is living in our hearts today when we accept Christ in our heart. So the help of the Holy Spirit today, we, we need to understand that Jesus has a perspective on the world today. He has a perspective on what is going on. And he is saying to us today that I am the one that is the rock. And he goes on to say also you that uh, you are, verse 18, I say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church. Some would say, well, does that mean that Peter was the one? Because as Peter meant Petra, which stands for rock. I believe that what Jesus was saying, that because on the expression of your faith that thou art the Christ, because of that expression, I will build my church Christ is the rock. Christ is the church. Christ is the foundation. When everything else is failing and falling away, Jesus remains the same, the pillar, the strength. And it is in the heart of God that he will reach people far and wide. Jesus didn't say, I'm, I'm going to try to build my church. He said, I will build my church. And he goes on to say, nothing shall stop me. Right now, nothing is too hard for the Lord. <clears throat> nothing is too difficult for him. In fact, the Bible says in Revelation 7, 9, that, that these things I looked and behold, as the apostle John had a revelation. John was a disciple of Jesus. He was left on an island in his elderly age to perish, but Jesus wasn't done with him yet. So the Lord gives him this vision, and he writes down these words, Revelation 7, 9, after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and people and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, 
palm branches were in their hand. This is a glimpse into glory. This is a glimpse into heaven. What is it saying? That there will be represented every tribe, tongue, and nation. Jesus is building his church across the world. And we, you and I, are a part of that. When we come to Christ, we become a part of his great church. The church is a, a group of people who God has saved from his death and his resurrection. For whosoever will believe it in him should not perish. The church is that which God himself has preparing. Jesus is preparing a place in heaven for the church. The church right now, as we are on the earth, as we know, is a church age. This time period that the church is on the earth, it is in the heart of the Lord to advance the kingdom, that we would reap more people, that we would draw more people. The church, as in Hebrews described, that it not forsake the assembling of the selves together. The church, the people of God, are never meant to walk this life alone. The church actually can become a second family because of the relationships that we have with our Lord. I begin to think about this just a little more. Jesus created the family, the unit, and then later on we know what, what became as the church. Well, when did it become the church? When was the church born? The Bible says in the book of Acts that after Jesus went back to heaven, he gave instructions for the disciples to wait in a little upper room. In the book of Acts, you read this whole wonderful story, how they were waiting. They had to wait probably like 10 days. They were waiting for whatever they were expecting, the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what it was going to look like, didn't know what he was going what, what to feel like. But all of a sudden, the Bible says that like a mighty rushing wind and a roar, the Holy Spirit came into the room where they were, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled up, and they began to speak in different languages. Unbelievable. They were, they were, their tongues were speaking in different languages and giving praise. The Bible said they were giving praise to God. And other people were listening and hearing, and they thought, they were, these people are crazy. These people are, they, they sound like they're, they're drunk. They sound like they're you know, not in their right mind. Well, the Spirit of God was moving in their lives in such a way they didn't understand it all. All they knew that they were to wait till the promise came. But what it actually happened, it launched them into the public to preach the gospel in boldness and declare the things of God. We have Peter, the one who denied the Lord, taking his stand. The Scripture says he took his stand and he proclaimed the things of God. Portions of Acts describe miracles, extraordinary miracles, healings, people being raised from the dead, people coming back to life again, people being restored. A lame man who had laid uh, sick for many, many years at the temple, begging for his bread. One day, disciples came along and said, I don't have any money. 
But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And what happened? That layman lunged to his feet. Said, Jesus is in the healing business. Most of all, he wants to heal our hearts. He wants to bring us into that relationship with him, that where we understand that we are his and he is ours. That first and foremost, that in our family, if I will trust in the Lord, if I will give my heart to Jesus, then even though I have trial and I will, I will understand that I have a rock on which I am standing on and everything else can be falling apart around us. But there's this rock, this bedrock, Jesus Christ, who lives in my heart. Because, because he lives in my heart, I can press on. I can have hope for tomorrow. And so the apostles never gave up. In fact, we have a picture of some of them being called in by the officials. And they were beaten. And they told them, do not speak. Acts 5, verses 40 through 42. I'm paraphrasing some. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. Don't talk about your Jesus. So they went, after they were beaten, they went on their way from the presence of that council, rejoicing. High-fiving it. Singing songs, giving praise. And they said this, that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Unbelievable attitude. They didn't become hardened at heart. They didn't give up on God, why, God, why are you let, allowing this to happen to me? After all, I've done all this for you, but no, what's going on here? They said, no. After all, he's done for me. And he took my sin to Calvary. You what our church, our churches, and the church overall needs to keep focus is the cross. It is the reference point. It's where it was finished. Let's never lose sight of the cross. And the other side of the cross is the resurrection. And so the future and the hope of you and I, if we pass from this earth because of the cross and resurrection, we have the day of resurrection waiting for us. You know, the biggest thing all we need to remember is really simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I remember memorizing that verse, John three sixteen. growing up. It became something almost like you know, we've heard it so many times, we've, we've said it with memory. We can sometimes not really think about what we're thinking or reading or, or repeating. For God so loved the world. When he loved the world, he loved, he loved, he looked down, he saw people like you and I. The Hebrews says when he, 
look past the cross. He was suffering on the cross, but who for the joy set before him? How could it be joy? Because he knew there was joy on the other side of the cross. And so in this life, he gives us joy. We trust him because of his cross. None of us can save ourselves. The Bible says we've all fallen short. But I'm so glad that Jesus stepped in and said, I will, I will pay their price. I am here. And Jesus promised after he went back to heaven, I will send the helper. I will give you the Holy Spirit. But he also spoke to the church, you have a job. It's more than a job. I'm calling you to go and tell others about me. And how we sometimes tell others about him is more than just words. It's an example of how we live. It starts with that. It starts at our home. It starts how we talk to each other, how we treat each other. It talks about how our, how our attitude, how we ought to go to work with an attitude. This is Paul's writing, but he writes this, do your work heartily as unto the Lord. I admit, it's sometimes hard to find how does this bring glory to the Lord when it's just shoveling the snow out of the sidewalk. But it has to do with my attitude. So it all comes back to this, that Jesus, no matter where we are at in this life, he has said to us, go and to make disciples. Be the salt in the life. Go and make friends. Go and, and encourage others around you. I should have Carrie come up here and tell, her, tell us about the rock story. Come on. I didn't tell her she was going to do this. But I said, this story is, is too good. You're going to have to tell this to the people. So you're going to use, okay. This has to do with a rock. I'll let Carrie tell her story. Okay, so have any of you ever picked a word of the year? In this, in this room, has anyone picked a word for this year? What, okay, Sandy. Do you want to share what your word is? Commitment. Commitment. What a great word. That's awesome. So I decided, I've thought about words of the year before. I might have even picked one, but this year I picked a real word of the wor year, and the word was inspire, because I want to inspire people. And boy, we need some inspiration after last year, wouldn't you say? So, um, you know, I want to inspire people for the Lord, and I have a little business. I want to inspire people on that. And so, and like, I love like religious release and um, we're not doing that this year, but like we're talking about baccalaureate, what a great way to inspire kids. Last year, that was probably a highlight. So we were gonna go to Costco, but we just decided not to. Then I was gonna go to Super One, but finally I decided, okay, let's just go to the dollar store. So I went to the dollar store. When I came out of the dollar store, I looked down and there was a rock and it said inspire. Like, what's the chances that I'm going to find a rock that says inspire? 
So I took a picture. I took a picture with that rock, and I posted on my business page. And I said, you know, this is my word of the year, and I found this rock, and I'm just really curious, like, if I would ever find out who left that rock. Like, did they lose their rock? Did they leave the rock for inspiration? What was the deal? So then one of my team members said, I know who left that rock there. It was my mother. I'm like, no way. And so then I check with the mom, and she says, uh, oh, and she also said that she's on. they went to the Grand Canyon this week, and they've been leaving these rocks everywhere on all these states. But her mom, and her mom is uh, Deborah, who donated all the cake pops for our Christmas um, celebration for the ladies. So her mom said, I picked one rock to bring to town that day. And it had the word inspire. And I just prayed that the right person would find that rock. So what do you know? You know, what does that tell me? Well, one thing, it tells me God is real, right? It probably tells me inspire is a good word for the year. But I think the biggest thing is it tells us that God is trying to do something in our lives every day. And if I had not looked down where that rock was, Gary had parked farther away, I had a ways to walk, and I happened to look down and find the rock. So if we don't look for what God is showing us, we won't find it. But if we do look for what he's showing us, it might be kind of miraculous. And I think I'll take that as a miracle. Thank you, Carrie, for sharing. She's, she's good at sharing on, on the spot. She has been an um, uh, encouragement to many people, me especially. Um, sometimes you want God to, sometimes I just wish God would speak audibly. You ever, you ever wish that? Yeah. And I think he could, but I think he chooses, first of all, to speak through us to his written word, what we already have. But learning to hear is a skill, it, it's, and I, I don't always get it. Learning to hear from God. And I believe God is speaking many times in our thoughts wants to speak to us and and our problem my problem is this you god is this me is this the, you know just i ate too much pizza last night or you know you know see this this whole building project is it god is not in a hurry You know, uh, when we're focusing on just stuff for ourselves, it just seems like it's taking forever. It's going at a pace like a snail's pace. We want to see change, you know, for better. We want to get to this COVID stuff and get on with it. You know, we just want to get there, have life, have things go good. What God is in, what he has in mind is not always what we have in mind. 
what it comes down to is this. God cares about all people at the same time, all peoples everywhere. And I don't know how he does it because he, I, he's God. I can't wrap my mind around it. But he said, the, the righteous shall live by faith. And Hebrews describes, he's, he's, he says, without faith it is impossible to please him. So when you have questions about why, why now, God, why this, it's okay. God doesn't always tell us the whys. But will I trust him even though I don't know all the whys, all the questions, or all the answers? Will I trust him? The Bible speaks about a man who was tested. His name was Job. Don't name your kids Job. Okay? I don't know of anybody that I know Job. Job had a hard time. He was doing just fine until Satan came along and asked God permission to test him. Unbelievable story. It's in the Bible, in the book of Job. You read the first part, it's like, this guy's, what did he do wrong? How, how come he deserved this? And he didn't. He was on track with God. He was serving the Lord. And God says, you can test him, but don't, you can't take his life. And so his story is that he loses his, his family in a, a windstorm, and his, his cattle is, is taken, his, his, and then the worst thing to top it off, his health is, is gone. He's sitting in, in the dust uh, with, with sores that are they're oozing, and they hurt, and he's, He's miserable, and he's like wondering, what's this all about? To top it off, his wife says, his wife gave up on the whole situation. and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just give it up? And Job said, no. If I can accept good from God, then I need to accept bad. What are we saying? He says, I will trust God no matter what. And that's a real test. For some of us, our health has been challenged over the last year or recent months. For some of us, you've had loss in the recent years. You've had loved ones close to you have been taken. or it's hurt, It hurts. Life is not like it used to be. But what God is saying to you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I'm doing a work. I'm doing a work in you now that you may not understand, but I'm doing a work because I'm preparing you for the place. I'm preparing you for the future. I'm preparing for what yet is to come. And so that little word, inspire, that inspire, inspire, that inspire be in your heart. 
You see, we're not alone. I could go on with all kinds of stories. I need to wrap it up. Another man named Nehemiah. Hey, you ever heard of Nehemiah? He's an Old Testament. I wanted to say dude, but that's not good. He was a he was the guy who sipped the cup of wine before the king would see if anyone poisoned it. How'd you like to have that job? Anyway, this guy's an ordinary, he would be a layman. He's not in the ministry. But God's began to deal with him because his hometown, Jerusalem, was in trouble. The gates torn down, burned down. The whole city had the gates, you know, the wall to protect. And long story short, Nehemiah got a burden. He started to cry before the Lord. He started to bring his heart. He, he, he began to pray and he began to go down and visit the place, and he'd walk around, and he'd look it over and pray. And he didn't tell everybody right away what God was putting in his heart. And he was the guy who was able to rally people to help him rebuild the wall. About halfway through, the enemy says, you guys are crazy. You guys can't do this. They ridiculed him. Even if a fox ran on the wall, it would fall down. They would say things in just exactly the way the enemy works today. He comes to taunt us and comes to tell us, you're never going to make, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be able to reach. And he'll tell you the lie and over and over and over again. And that's what we need to know on Christ the solid rock. I stand. And so they fought through it all and it took some people had to guard the enemy with the sword and the others labored with the putting the stones back in place. And it was a good work. The Bible says it was a good work. And thus they conquered and they overcame. All because he had a vision. All because he had a burden. And so don't give up. Don't give up. You've gone too far. You've come too far. Don't give up. You keep building. You keep trusting. You keep seeking. Ethan's coming back to help lead that song again. You may have trouble in your in your home. You may have trouble on the horizon. Now is when we need to prepare. Now is when we need to renew. Now is when we need to set our hearts toward Jesus. And every day the Lord gives to us, we must make it an attempt to be thankful that every day he gives to us, I will live for him. In some way, through this day, that he will help us say the right things, not say the things we shouldn't say, just to reach out, 